All right. Well, welcome back to the Temporal Eternal Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us again today. Uh, Once again, Temporal Eternal is all about having eternity in the forefront of our minds, right? In every aspect of our life, not just our our time at church, right? On Sundays or Wednesdays, but in our decision-making with our families, in our workplaces, and really with our, our dreams and goals. And uh, this week, we have a special guest. Uh, His name is Jeff Kuchar or Jeff Couture, depending on what part of the country you are living in. He is uh, in Austin now, but um, actually, uh, Jeff is a pastor. He's actually an amazing guy that I have known for, uh, let's see, do the math, about 15 years since 2007, if you can believe it. And he was a uh, a leader (laughs) when I was a first year master's in Phoenix, a master's commission, and he's... Um, had an amazing assignment with and uh, in different places in his ministry, um, and he has a, a beautiful family, um, some amazing kids as well, and uh, he is in the process of planting a church in Austin, right. Texas, and uh, he's very excited for that as well. So, Jeff, how are you, bro? Thank you for being on the podcast. Man, guys, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. Uh, it's probably not as hot here as it is in Phoenix, so... Uh, there you go. Uh, no, it, it isn't. I don't miss those days. I don't, yeah, I don't no, it's days. it's terrible, bro. It's terrible. But you guys get a little <laughs> bit of humidity too, though. But you get all the you get all the hip. But you get all the hipster restaurants too in in, in Austin, bro. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Austin's like a mini Seattle. Yeah. So we've been here. We've been in Austin for one week. My family and I. My wife's name is Kelly, and uh, we've been married going on twelve years in wow. January. So getting close to 12 years and I, uh, have three kids, three boys. Um, they are, uh, no, they're not 11 yet. They're 10, nine and six. So, wow. and Micah, Peyton and Rylan, awesome. and they are awesome and they keep us on our toes. Currently we are living in an <laughs> RV, lost our minds. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and so, but we're doing good. RV three boys. Wow. Yeah, so you got, got five, you guys are you guys are fresh in fresh in Austin getting ready for this this church plan as well, right? I mean, you guys just kind of yeah. got in got in town, went to a couple places, and now you're here. Literally nine days ago. So, wow. Um, you know, from when we're recording, I guess. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> be a couple <laughs> weeks from when that. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, we're we're excited for the conversation, and uh, typically for kind of pull back the curtain for our, our listeners. Um, you know, once again, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or you can watch us on YouTube. Uh, we typically, when we have a guest on, we um, do the thing where we say, hey, like, you know, is, is there is there a Jesus, your Jesus story you want to share? Or is there something God's been teaching you or kind of laying in your heart recently? Um, just to really let the Holy Spirit uh, lead it and, and also give that person an opportunity to to kind of speak from their heart or speak some, some you know, uh, fresh things that God is doing. I think uh, in my latter years of ministry, I found myself um, just going back to um, old messages, old illustrations, old words, instead of having a fresh word from uh, my intimacy with God. So I I really believe Mm. um, that it's something special when, uh, you know, something can come from what God is, is teaching us in the moment or or just recently. So uh, the scripture that Jeff really wanted us to focus on, I'm going to read, and then I'd love to kind of hear your feedback on this. And uh, it's in the ESV version. It's uh, Romans 12 by request. I was going to do NIV. He asked for 
Jeff Astor ESV. That's why he's smiling if you're on YouTube. That's a preacher. Uh, you know, and then I made like a shot. I, I made a shot and I was like, oh, you're an awesome. You should probably do the message version. But anyways, oh, anyways, Whoa. okay. They, they all have their uses no, for different no. translations. It's, it's the passion translation, man. Get it right. Oh, they switch it to the passion <laughs> translation? Oh, yeah. That's oh. the new Dang. Oh, I, I got to look at that. I got to look up the passion translation. So uh, Romans 12. Can you read all three for us? No, I'm going to do one. <laughs> Romans, Romans 12 verses one to two says, um, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the, the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual Worshipped. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So I'd love to just, you know, uh, give you the floor, Jeff, and just kind of your initial thoughts about that passage of Scripture, about what the Lord has been been speaking to you and showing you uh, in that portion of his word. Yeah, man, um, this has been something God's just kind of been little by little revealing. So I feel like it's been something I've been talking about for a, for several weeks, but it just he keeps bringing me back to it. And I love it when God does that, because if we think that there's the way I have heard it said before is there's one um, meaning to all scripture. It means what God says, but there's multiple applications that can come out of each season and, and the Holy Spirit reveals things to us and shows us, you know, how we how we grow from it. And in different times of our lives, we're going to be able to um, apply that word in a different way. And uh, and so as I've been kind of going over this, I've really been thinking a lot about that um, that text where at the very end of verse one that um, says this is your this is your act of worship. And um, and I love that because worship man i i don't don't know about you donald i don't know if you remember uh we used to do uh a master's commission thing in the choir yeah Um, at at, uh, phoenix first yeah 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 and it was like dude like we had 350 people in master's commission fifteen thousand people at phoenix first you know just worshiping and so music is awesome like i still throw on frontline uh, I wish I could go to their re- reunion tour that they're shout doing. out, I'm, shout out Matt and Nina. I'll out, be there on. reunion tour. <laughs> you can still get your tickets. Um, you can still get so them. There you go. <laughs> but uh, I won't be able to be there, but man, we, we love worship, but what is worship really? What is it defined mm-hmm. as? And when, whenever you say the word worship, what's the first thing you're going to think of? Well, the first thing you're going to think of for most people is seeing a song mm-hmm. on Sunday morning. Or maybe in your car, like, you know, maybe it's in your car, maybe it's in your quiet time. I'm still, because of Master's Commission and prayer time, I still don't pray without music, you know? Like, I'm like uh, and, and sometimes the Lord's like, hey, just turn the music off yeah, and listen to me. for sure. <laughs> but um, it's kind of in that text, like, I appeal to you. And mm-hmm. so Paul talking to Romans, he's saying, uh, another version of it says, I urge you because of God's mercy. So this is worship is actually a response to the mercy of God. Mm. And it's something mm. that happens that we, it, we respond to what he has done for us. And, um, and so that it's just really something that God is saying to me. He's saying, you know, worship 
when you keep, when you break it down, worship at its core is about surrender. And uh, none of us really like the word surrender. Like, uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's, a, it's a cool term when you're talking to your kids. Like, hey, I'm the boss here. You got to listen to me. You know, you got to do. And, and we like the word when we're talking to other people, but not so much when we're talking about our submission to God. And yeah. I surrender to God. Hmm. And or or as Paul says it in verse one of Romans 12, he says, offer yourself as a living sacrifice, which honestly is kind of like an oxymoron a little bit, because I thought if you were going to sacrifice something, it was going to die. Right. So how do I hmm. sacrifice and die at the same time? Well, when you when you dive in and I don't want to bore everybody with, you know, Greek and, and Hebrew and all that stuff. But when you dive into what this word and the definition of like sacrifice, what it really is, it literally means to to offer a gift to God. Uh, uh, and it literally uh, the word sacrifice actually puts that in there and, and it goes further and says or yeah. a spiritual. So you're you're offering something to God or spiritual. So, what? What was that? You cut off for a second. Or spiritual a spiritual being gotcha okay yep and so um what what that means for us daily is that we to live to be a living sacrifice means i come to god every day and i offer him the gift of control of my life mm-hmm. and then that's your spiritual act of worship that's what it means to worship god to come to him die to yourself daily and say what you want is what i want and I, I don't think too, when you were saying it, the thing that came to my mind and heart, right, was like a lot of people will go, well, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't mind sacrifice. But what really happens is we try to compromise or negotiate with God. <clears throat> so we'll mm-hmm. like, we'll give God mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. And we're like, okay, like I, I, I did my sacrifice, right? And like, I, I gave you this and God's like, no, like I, like your life. So it means, it means everything. Right. And, but we, we try to justify and we're like, oh, I'll just, I'll just do this. I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll give this. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've checked the box. Right. And God's like, no, like I, I want, I want all of it. No, but I'll do this. And then that's where we get this whole you know, thing of idolatry, right? Where you go, well, mm. this isn't a sin. And you go, no, but if it's an idol, it then becomes that because now you're putting that before God because you are holding on to and you're not willing to let it go. So I think that's also a mm. challenge for for everybody as, as Jeff's really talking about the idea of sacrifice is that if God asks you to do it, you got to give, give it to him. It doesn't mean he might not give it back to you. It, it doesn't mean that he... he it might be a, a you know a a test right? Um, right you know abraham you know like a test of that moment of like okay no i just wanted to see if you if you really trust me and you were going to you're going to do it for me but the 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 truth of the matter is is like hey make sure that you're not giving of some sacrifice out of religious duty versus right. out of obedience right and that could either be mm-hmm. unintentionality where you're just like <clears throat> you're not taking the initiative to really ask, you know, with a sensitivity of hearing from the voice of the Holy Spirit of what you're supposed to be surrendering or what that really looks like in your life to surrender your life to God fully. 
or it could be you trying to manipulate the situation when you're like, well, I'm doing this and you're trying mm. to justify not letting go of, and it could be anything guys. We're not talking about just drugs or alcohol. It could be busyness. It could be an extra job. It could be, uh, this, this side business. It could be friendships. It could be a hobby. You know, it could be things that seem, uh, innocent, but at the end of the day, he's, he's called you to lay it all down at his feet. Absolutely. And what I think it does sometimes is like in that similar sense, we compartmentalize our worship in a sense mm. where similar to what you were saying, Donald is like, you know, and kind of Jeff, you were saying like, we, we feel like worship is just that time on Sunday. Like this is my time and I'm going to worship you God. But in context of the scripture, he's saying, no, like Donald said, it's, it's everything. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people that becomes difficult in the sense it's like, well, I, everything I do is worship and it, or it could be, or it should be. And, and it's like, yes. And it's not in a, in a way of like, you know, we can come down to it and be like, okay, when is the last time I really took on a perspective of worship goes into every area and aspect of my life. But I think it's a beautiful thing when we, when we look at it that way, it's not just Sunday morning church. It's not just a five minute segment of time where I'm speaking to the Lord or I'm spending time with the Lord. It's everything. So it means that how you deal with work, how you deal with your family, how you, all of your time, like that is an opportunity to worship the Lord, which is what essentially we are created to. I think if you go back right. to the root of it, what were we created to do? Worship the Lord, like worship and honor God with our lives and 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 bring people into his kingdom. And mm. so so, yeah, it is it, it is. It seems kind of like some people might look at it that way and, and think of it in a stressful way where it's like almost like an all or nothing. But I think it's, it can be such a freeing thing to say, this is not just one portion of my life that I'm going to do. And then I'm going to go choose to, uh, this is the way I'm going to live my life and, and in every other segment. But it's like, no, it's, it's everything. It's all encompassing, but there's such a, a fruit and a joy that can come from that. If, if we have, if we see the heart of God in that. Yeah. And I think what, what you're saying hits so good with what has been in my heart is that we don't just add Jesus to our life, hmm. right? So if I'm adding Jesus to my life, then I can give him X, Y, and Z and negotiate the rest. Yeah, but yeah. if I'm completely surrendered to God, I don't have a choice anymore because I gave the choice in saying I surrender. That's where the choice is. Mm -hmm. I'm choosing you yep. when it doesn't make sense, even when I don't feel like it, mm -hmm. even when I don't see if it, even if I want a different outcome. And it's funny, Donald, that you mentioned uh, uh, Abraham because the there's this thing called, and I'm, you guys are probably familiar with it, but there's this thing called the law of first mention. Whenever you're studying the word, if you really want to know what a word is and what it means, you go back to the very first time it was mentioned in the Bible. And that way you can get like a clear picture of the way it's going to be set up for the rest of scripture. And so the very first time you see the word worship is actually that story in Genesis where uh, Abraham goes and is mm -hmm. told, sacrifice Isaac to me. And, and, and so there's like this moment and that word right there. And, and it says, um, it says, you stay here with the donkeys, the boy and I will go over yonder and worship. And so I think it's like Genesis 22 or Genesis 25, somewhere in there. I can't remember the exact reference. Um, 
I know it's in Genesis, <laughs> but um, what what happens is he actually that word means to bow down or to prostrate yourself. Well, mm. when you put that in context of the culture, if you were going to bow down to someone, you were saying you're higher than I am. Yeah. You have more authority mm. and I honor you above myself. That's what it meant to bow down to worship. And so you get a whole context of what worship is supposed to be based on this one instance. And there is no way Abraham wanted to sacrifice Isaac. He was simply believing that if God asked me to do it, there is something I don't understand, something I don't see, and something's going to happen in this that uh, because I know he's good. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I think that is such an important part of worship is like when you come to this place of should I surrender, should I not? If your view of God is that he only is going to take you through bad things, you know, he doesn't want you to have fun. He doesn't want you to do anything. If your view of God is that he's this list of rules, then you're, you're actually surrendering to a religion and not to a relationship with God, which yeah. is a problem a whole nother topic for a different day, but it, it, it brings us back to, I wonder what my view is of, of the father and, and of God. And if I, if I looked and changed my perspective, um, maybe I would see that he is good. And even if it's not good right now, it will be eventually. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and some of that too, and this is, this is one of my soapboxes for I don't know probably the last couple of years um, but especially on this podcast our definition of good doesn't always look the same as God's definition of good and so God's definition of good is that um, he would be glorified that uh, the world would come to know him right repent of their sins and then and also his definition is good is that we would repent of our sins and we would uh, offer our, our bodies living sacrifice as living sacrifices and that we would go through uh, this process of sanctification right like God would continue to strip away these things so so our our priorities are not always the same as God's priorities and God's you know vision for our life and what he what he wants to do I personally believe first and foremost is internal before it's external right it's it's he's he wants to do things within our life within our heart you know inside of us be you know before anything through us and we usually get it backwards where we think mm. the internal transformation or the internal growth comes from outward acts and that's mm. where we get into into this this works mentality and then with the and this is something i've struggled with with the offering our bodies as living sacrifices, is I've habitually scheduled God. Um, and don't mm. get me wrong, like I believe, like yeah, if if you if you have a busy life, I, I consider myself to have a fairly busy life right now. Um, not the busiest, but busier than some. I I have to schedule. I do have to schedule some prayer time, or like just like look at my schedule, or try to create margins. I haven't been great at it the last few months. I really haven't, to be honest. But what I will say is. I have found myself acknowledging God, um, doing you know, doing my Christian walk in these schedule compartmentalized areas, which is Sunday morning, maybe a prayer a couple times a day, and it is very challenging sometimes to include God um, in everything. There's this there's a worship song I forget. Um, 
but it's like this bridge on this one song and I was just hearing it during some prayer uh, right before this podcast and it says um, I don't want to talk about you like you're not in this room right want to look right at you right you don't want to sing right to you and there's this principle of like man am I like talking about God am I doing this stuff but I'm not with God and so there, it's definitely something that is a shift for people. I, you know, and I'm gonna ask you that, Jeff. Mm. How do we, how do we do that? So how to, because like for me, it's it's so easy, especially with busyness, to get so distracted by other things. How do we include God more in the, you know, prayer without ceasing? All these principles in the Scripture. How do we, how do we make sure that we don't forget about God? or our relationship with him and we just say, Oh, it's on Sundays or like a few times during the week. You know, what does that look like tangibly? That's, that's such a great question because m- the majority of us struggle with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like pretty much every person that I know that God struggles with, uh, you know, do I make him a priority, uh, you know, or then feeling guilty that I don't. And so mm-hmm. something, that I have learned in my lifetime is that w- one of them is to know the difference between a value and a priority. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Priority <clears throat> shift. R.E.M. Wallwork uh, taught me this a long time ago. I don't know if you remember R.E.M. Um, and we were at uh, actually had done something and got in trouble as a as a second year, and um, and we we used to call it. Good, <clears throat> he would he would text he would text and be like, "Hey, we need to go to." to Costco to get some dinner rolls. And I knew we were, gonna, I knew we were going to sit at Costco and get a dollar 50 hot dog. And, um, and he taught me this at one of those times and he was talking about the difference between priorities. And he said, you know, priorities, they shift. So if I'm driving to work and I get a flat tire, my priorities all just shifted because now my number one priority is how do I get, my tire changed. How do I get that fixed so that I can go do the next thing on my list? However, values, they don't shift like priorities do. Now, they will grow as we transform with God, as we understand and mature in Christ. Our values are going to develop and they may expand or, or they may even something that I value now as, as a 35-year-old parent of three. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have when I was you know, 22. So they, it's not the values are set forever, but there's a difference. If I'm driving down the road and my value is, uh, and my value is God, uh, it doesn't matter if I get a uh, flat tire, yeah. I'm still going to be talking to him and, and, and be there with him. So I think let's look at our values versus our priorities. Um, if God is just a priority and just something that I schedule, um, all the time. And, and again, I'm, I'm with you. Sometimes that is literally the only thing you can do to make sure you get a designated time with the Lord. But I think if you can also, t- uh, if you can take out the, the concept that prayer is, um, c- means that I, I have my head bowed, my eyes closed. Uh, I have my, my favorite, uh, worship playlist on, um, then we would start and, and we started to think of prayer as a conversation and communication with God. Um, you know, I can't I can't take my wife with me uh, everywhere. We do things different. We do things separate sometimes. You know, yeah. I would love to take her with me everywhere, but I'm constantly talking to her, whether it's text message, whether it's, you know, uh, 
whatever, fill in the blank, phone call, quick phone call. And so there's these times if God is going to actually be something that we're constantly communicating with him, it's that simple like, God, give me your mind right now as I walk into this business meeting. God, give me your idea as I, as I, as I uh, um, am planning for this next uh, event. I don't want my idea. I want yours. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I think it's just, it's just it's small mindset changes that will help yeah. us in, in, you know, when when Paul said pray without ceasing, right? Like, does that really mean that I never stop praying? I think it means more. I never stop. I never stop communicating. And so here's the deal. Prayer is not just talking to God. If I go into a prayer time with God and I do not make room for God to speak, I am just word vomiting on him. I'm not praying. Yeah. If that, if that uh, kind of sense. And I love that yeah. you talked about transformation because that not that what verse two says, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. verse two, 12, it says, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. Well, what's one of the patterns of the world? One of the patterns of the world is to schedule our life, to have a to-do list, to check things off, to, to be able to say, I got something done. Well, I never can say I got my relationship with God done yeah. because it's a fluid day throughout the day thing. So it's that transformation comes when I stop conforming to the pattern of this is what relationship with God is. It's prayer time in the morning. Mm. I check that off and I move on. That will really change your life and it'll set you up to renew your mind. So, renewing your mind is such a big deal that 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 Paul even said in this text that it will be when you renew your mind you experience transformation so the way we think is directly related to whether or not we're transformed you know yeah and it's like a it's a cycle too and I think that's so good because if if we look the scripture I think speaks it's amazing how just over time you know God will specifically and and if we look at maybe where our immediate uh, attention is here those of you listening probably mostly from western culture society american culture uh where it very it very much is individualistic where it very much is kind of this uh gain and selfish mindset in many many ways and so when you think about these ideas and these concepts of sacrifice and you know laying yourself down daily is is a sacrifice unto the lord it it kind of goes against what that is it's very counter culture uh to lay yourself down to sacrifice to to give things up and and we kind of have a negative connotation towards that idea because of the society we're in but like you said jeff when it goes into that verse of of that like don't conform because i think the challenge for many of us is like like you said earlier, it's like, oh, man, I, I feel guilty because I haven't done this. But yeah. like if we just break it down simply, what would your life look like instead of, as you said earlier, Jeff, you know, uh, not just inviting Jesus into what you are doing, because then it becomes about me and my plan and my goal and my idea and my schedule. What would it look like if we had this simple mind shift, simple yet there's a lot of weight to it? That, that shift in our minds, which is that renewal transformation part daily to say, God, what do you want to do today? Mm-hmm. God, w- what do you want me to do today? And if we look at it from that concept, it's no longer about our plans and our ways. 
but it's it even says at the end of the scripture then you'll be able to you know test what god's will is you know and so it's like i think i think you're encouraging and reminding me because like guys i'm the first one to admit that in ministry in life and family like i have to reset my mind on this daily and busyness takes over and things distract me and my schedule distracts me where it's like i'm more focused on what brennan wants instead of being focused on what does God want? What is his Holy Spirit leading in this moment? And I might be missing out on it because it's, again, it's my agenda, not God's, you know? And so I, I think humbly, I speak from that place of like, this does need to be a daily shift in our minds of what does it mean to worship God? It, it means to get away from that individualistic, mm. uh, selfish mentality of just like what I want to achieve and say, God, what do you want to achieve today? What 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 is what is your agenda? What is your goals for me for today? How, who do you want me to speak to? And I think it just it, it can shift and totally transform the way we approach life, and not just our walk with God, but like everything we do—family, relationships, business. You know, like you said, God, give me creative ideas. And uh, so it is. It's 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 a challenge, and I think we overcomplicate it sometimes because it is a big deal. Yeah, you know, but. It's it's very countercultural to what we see. I think exemplified in and how we how we live our lives and how we walk daily. So, but yeah, man, what a what a good reminder. What a good what a good challenge. I think for all of our hearts. I love that word transformation because so at the beginning of 2022, I asked God, "What's the word? What's the word that you want me to hold on to? What's the word that I need to just be prepared for?" And His mm -hmm. word was. And so I, and I'm immediately, I thought about this text because <clears throat> that word transformed is uh, a metamorphosis. It's, it's to, it's literally the picture of, of metamorphosis. It's, it's a, it is a cocoon. It is a um, caterpillar getting into a cocoon and, uh, and um, being transformed into a moth or a butterfly or, or whatever it is. And so what we think is, we think that we have this relationship with God that means I'm going to have things loosen around my life and pressure be relieved because now I have Christ. Well, in reality, you're going to have pressure applied because his goal was never to take you as you are and leave you the same. His mm -hmm. goal is, yes, I'll meet you right where you're at. You don't have to clean your life up. You don't have to overcome your sin. I'm going to do that, and I already mm. did. But yeah. now I'm going to apply pressure, and pressure is going to bring transformation. Just like in 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 metamorphosis, the 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 uh, caterpillar needs the pressure to be able to transform. And and isn't this interesting? Like I love this. I, I did a little uh, research on this because it's, it's super nerdy, but it's really cool. So um, actually there's a difference between a cocoon and a chrysalis and a chrysalis is typically like what a butterfly is in. I think cocoon, a cocoon, I'm saying that wrong. A cocoon is uh, in the ground around dirt, whereas a chrysalis is hanging from like a branch. Okay. So um, in that, what, what actually, um, what actually happens is that the caterpillar spends its life as a caterpillar consuming. And, um, and just eating, like that's all it does. It just, and eats and eats, but it doesn't, it's saving that energy for transformation. So what does it look like when we first come to Christ? We're excited and we're receiving 
so much and we're having all of this uh revelation and like all of a sudden like everything is like so amazing and we're just like eating 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 the word of god eating church eating worship and what i mean by that for those of you who maybe aren't like the seasoned christians are like you know what does it mean to eat church it means consuming i go to church and i'm receiving something and god is talking to me hmm. and i'm getting from that and 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 i'm and i'm worshiping him and I, and I feel something in worship but then there comes this moment where the pressure comes and and the caterpillar stops eating and what it what it consumed before is now the nutrients that it needs to get through the pressure so there's transformation so what happens mm -hmm. is you actually through a season in your life where you will feel like you don't hear god well he is trying to remind you and and then it also feels like pressure is is coming in around you on every yeah. side and then what happens is we go god why aren't you talking to me i'm not consuming anymore and god is going i've given you everything you need to get through the pressure now i'm asking you to do yeah. i'm asking you to operate i'm actually i'm asking you to transform and then when you come out of it on the other side you don't even look the same mm -hmm. that's the hmm. gospel right that's, that's the gospel is i i am received where i'm at and i receive the love of christ and i receive all the wonderful messages that come with mercy and grace and all those yeah. things but then there's a moment where things shift and i'm matured by what i go through uh I, i'll just tell you right now being a follower of jesus has been the most difficult thing i've ever done in my life yeah, you know, um, and and I, I mean, I've been through some hard stuff, but it has also been the most rewarding, rewarding. yeah, that I've ever experienced in my life because now I see different. So let me get last literally uh, Sunday night. My oldest son, he had uh, he we came home. We had been at the grocery store. All of a sudden, he's just having like severe stomach pain and i'm like what the heck is going on so like 9 30 we're like kind of watching him midnight we go into the we go into the walking uh er go in they take some blood they go well it's probably too early to determine what it is if it is a pen too early and then, uh, they they take it uh take some blood samples they send us home so then uh we get home. It's like one thirty in the morning now. Three o'clock in the morning, he is like in intense pain again. We go to an actual hospital this time, mm -hmm. and so then from like three in the morning till eight, like just terrible night. Like it was a terrible night. Like it was awful pain. So about eight o'clock in the morning, Monday morning, they say he's got appendicitis. We're gonna transfer him to a children's hospital. Will they'll, they'll do surgery. So we get there, we drive over and in, you know, where we're at, like 15 minutes can be like, or 15 miles can be like an hour drive. Yeah. So we're like 20 miles. We end up driving like an hour. We get there, like every bump, he's just crying. And he's just like, oh, dad, it hurts so bad, you know? And as a dad, your heart's breaking. Like you just yeah. want it to be, you know, you're just trying to make it better. So we get there. They're like, we're not sold. It's appendicitis. And they're telling us all the tests that they might do. And he is kind of, he doesn't like small spaces. And they're telling us he's probably going to have to have an MRI. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, man, I just, I don't want that to happen. And so I'm like praying. I'm One, I'm praying, asking God to heal him, right? Like I'm like, heal him. Just take it away. Fix it. Um, 
so then two, I'm like, okay, God, let it be a conclusive read on the ultrasound. So we don't have to do the MRI. They come back like two hours later and they're like, we need an MRI. And I'm just like disappointed. Like, I'm just going to be honest. I'm disappointed that that's what happened. And so we get through it all. The MRI comes back and they go, man, his appendix is perfect. We're going to stop surgery. (laughs) It's not his appendix. Wow. And so I'm like literally frustrated with God that he didn't answer my prayer. And he is going, if I hadn't have let him get the MRI and go through something uncomfortable for him, he might have ended up in surgery with his appendix removed. That wasn't, there was nothing wrong with his appendix. It was something else. And you would be in this moment. So sometimes God has to disappoint our expectations to get what wow, we that's good. Need. And our, the the problem is I don't like the pressure of my um, of my life being and expectations being disappointed. But yeah. that's really where transformation is, and really where the discernment then comes in, because now I can go, all right, God, I don't see it. But if you're leading me through this, it means it's the best thing for me, even if I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And, wow. and again, I think the I, I'm going to continue to say it, and I know it's like a hard word, but sometimes I feel like, and don't get me wrong, I'm the, I'm I've always been like the goofy, the love and grace of God person, like forever. And now I, sometimes I feel like an old Testament prophet because this is like, this is like a hard, this is like a hard word, but, but the, the good is, is the, the, the greatest opportunity that God has for your life to be used for his glory. Like that's the good. And like, I always look at like Lazarus, right. And I look at that story and you know, that whole very similar to the situation where that process is, is, uh, you know, he could have healed. He could have came early. He, he had word. He could have made it in time. Right. Like we, like it wasn't, it wasn't that far away where they sent word for Jesus that, Hey, how Lazarus is sick. And then Jesus let Lazarus die. And then he came to Lazarus's tomb and resurrected him. Why? Well, before that, pretty much a lot of people looked at him as a healer, but not as resurrection power, right? And it was a foreshadowing mm-hmm. of of Christ on the cross. And so, but that's moments. And it's it says like the disciples were impacted. Mary and Martha, his sisters were impacted. Other people, family and friends that were there were all impacted by the glory of God. That moment wouldn't have happened without Lazarus dying, right? And so I think like, yeah. like the, the hard word that I keep going to that I challenge myself with because I just think that we we talk so much in the church about, and I, I feel like I almost do this. I almost do this. Like literally like every other podcast, every fourth podcast, it keeps coming up and it, it's probably cause it's, 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 it needs to be applied in my life, but others too is like, we're so focused in the church about like our dreams and our ambitions and what God has for us and the things he's going to do in our lives. And it's just like, no, it's like we are a living sacrifice to glorify God and it might not be comfortable and it might not be great. And 
crap might happen. I just, I look at the gospels and I look at, and then I look at the new Testament. I look at the book of acts and we look at how the disciple, like most of them got martyred. Most of them got killed. Okay. Like it's not like this glamorous (laughs) story where they became presidents or they all of a sudden became King or a governor or they started a great business and they, they had a wonderful age and they had, you know, a lot. No, it's, it's, they, sacrificed their life, which was a literally and and their thing, but also daily with, with every decision that they made. And so I think you're on point. I mean, that's, and that's the, that's the expectation. I, I, I talked about this a couple weeks ago in, in the small, I was in, I lead a small group at my church on Wednesday nights. And I said, a lot of times the reason disappointments happen is because we have had the incorrect expectations of what it means to be a Christian. And then, and then people leave the church or people walk away from God because whether they've been told incorrectly or they didn't read the word for themselves, they said, wait, I thought, I thought, and it was like, no, the the promise is, is that I would have salvation. He would transform me, which is hard, but it's worth it. As Jeff was saying, and that we would be in eternity with Christ in heaven at Mm -hmm. the end of our life. Like those are the promises, right? And yes, yes, you can, yes, I get it. You can claim promises that God can heal hundred percent and that God can provide hundred percent. But if he doesn't, it does not mean that he is not one that loves you, not one that cares about you. He has a greater vision and a greater purpose for his glory to be you and to use you for his glory. And so if you want to be part of that story, that's what this living sacrifice is. Now I'm going on a tangent. Francis Chan stepped out of of being a senior pastor and went to go on the mission field. And all of his big mega church friends and all these other people were like, Francis Chan, what are you doing? You have everything. You, you come in like Steve Jobs with a plain white, you know, plain shirt on, right? And you speak to people. You don't even have anything trendy going on, Francis Chan. And you go to all these big conferences. He said, I feel like I'm God, you know, God's called me to be in the mission field. And he was really quite he tells his story and he's really questioning it. And he was really just like so like and just in turmoil. And he, he remembers talking to his wife and his wife, he Francis Chan had the, the Bible in front of him is and his wife told him, Francis, you know, if a oh man misquoting now because it's such a good quote, but essentially it was it was like this is like, you know, if if our story, if your story was in the Bible, would somebody pause and read it? Or would they just keep on growing, going by to the mm-hmm. next story? Like, is is our life a, a life that has a story that is extraordinary? And I think I think that's what we go for. And and it's extraordinary. Yeah. Extraordinary does not mean that you're going to preach in front of ten or fifteen thousand people. Extraordinary means is that you are obedient to the voice mm-hmm. of God for your life. And extraordinary might mean that you impacted one person, one life. That you you yeah. did one thing that you were obedient to the calling of God for your that is an extraordinary life, and it, it yeah. might not mean that you get everything you wanted. It might not mean that you have all the things your neighbor has, and I don't mean just your neighbor here. I mean your neighbor in church. It, it might not look the same, but extraordinary can only happen from obedience, and obedience can only happen when you actually have you lay your life down as a living sacrifice and you renew your mind and what that renewal does as jeff was saying is it it then uh it it then uh come on come on come on come on um crucifies your flesh and your desires right that's what renewing your mind does it's saying i lay down these things 
and I am now renewed with the mindset of Christ, of his perspective for my life, his perspective for my uh, for my priorities. And that's really, that's really what, what it comes down to is it's all honestly, so much of it really hinges on our mindset and our, our, the way we look at things. And that can only happen from us spending time with the Holy spirit and him speaking to us. Totally. And that's, that's the crossroads of, of what worship is like these two, two concepts, conformity versus renewal and transformation. It's like, and, and the perfect example of it is the Israelites, right? Like Moses is up on the mountain <clears throat> receiving from the Lord the, the commandments, the promises, the, the calling, right, for his people. And what are they doing? They're conforming to one another and they're conforming to, you know, saying we're, we're sick of waiting. We are going to do it our way because conforming to something is going to make you something that you're not supposed to be. But mm-hmm. transformation renewal that's going to make you what god has called you to be and mm-hmm. just like you said jeff like that's going to require you to, to go through some things but conformity left the israelites confused in a place that god did not want them right they, they made the choice to start following one another and they fell time and time again and, and moses comes down off that mountain and literally gets so angry he throws the tablets on the ground right like i just think it's such an <laughs> epic story right he's like we got to go do this again but i think that that's the crossroads of what does it mean to worship I fully believe this is a lifestyle. And, and I mm-hmm. say it all the time, you know, it, uh, you are going to worship something in your life. What yes. is it going to be? Mm-hmm. You know, and are you going to conform and, and worship the things of this world, the things yeah. of life, the, the selfish desires that we might have? And I'm not even saying they're bad, but they might not be in line with what God wants. And yeah. how do we understand that? Like you said, Jeff, we got to consume things of the Lord. We got to we got to be around people that are going to build us up in the things of the Lord and in, in the things of his scripture. Um, and, and we have to make that conscious choice to walk away from conformity or even my, my own things and say, God, what do you want and be transformed by him? And, and I think you guys said it too, in many different ways, we're going to see incredible things. It might not look like what we thought. It might yeah. not be uh, the most beautiful painted picture we had in mind for our life to work, be successful, get all this money, retire, and then die. You know, I don't know what kind of picture <laughs> that is, uh, but, but what does it look like to live for the Lord and say, yeah, like you said, Donald, like that, that Francis Chancery, like that encouragement from his life, like, is your story going to be one that people are going to stop and look like, look at not for my glorification, but that God gets the glory. You yeah. Know, I think that, that, that if we can ask ourselves that that's what worship is, you know, and it's a crossroads, we have to make a decision, but I don't want to choose conformity. You know, I don't want to choose just going with the status quo, you know, cause then I'm just doing what everybody else is doing and I'm, and I'm actually walking in something that I'm not supposed to be, but man, Go down that road of, of of renewal where God can transform you into what He's called you to be. But yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it there because that's just I, I think we really have to make that 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 choice and, and really evaluate in in a good way in our lives. So yeah, F- final thoughts from you, Jeff. Okay, so there's so much you guys had to say. <laughs> I know. Oh, so so okay, but those two, those two two things. Okay, one in the story you mentioned about Abraham or not Abraham, I'm sorry, about Moses. One of my favorite parts about that story is the blessing of God became the thing that they made an idol of. So it says Mm -hmm. they literally, the earrings out of their ears and out of their noses. Well, when you go back to when they were delivered, what happened? They plundered God, they plundered the, um, 
Egyptians because God says this will be a sign to them that I have done this. So they literally mm. start taking their earrings, start taking their fancy pots that are made of gold, and they give them to the Israelites as they're leaving. They're like, just take all our stuff and go. We're sick of you. Hmm. And isn't that what happens with us as followers of Jesus? We 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 renew our mind, we transform, yeah. and then God begins to add blessing to our lives because He loves to bless us. He loves to give us give us. Wow, can't talk. He loves to give things to us. Yeah. Hmm. But what happens is if we don't guard our hearts, we then start worshiping ourselves more than we worship hmm. him. And yep. we take what he's given us and we turn it into an idol. That's the biggest idol yeah. we all struggle with is all that, the time. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. Self. Worshiping the blessing and not the one right. that was the blesser. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and thinking that I did it. Yep. Like that yeah. every king in Israel that screwed up, who started following God, they they went from being humble and saying, God gave me this to look what I've built. Yeah. Everyone. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so and then that reminds me of Hebrews 11, the hall of faith. Um, what This part doesn't get near enough airtime. It's right at the end of Hebrews 11. And it says, to all of those who did not see the promise, but were cut in half, martyred for their faith, just destroyed in life, who never stopped hmm. believing. Hmm. Hello, this is where <laughs> God comes in and goes, hey, worship sometimes, worship comes down to the surrender, everything that we've talked about here. But I just want to encourage you, maybe you're in the hardest, most difficult season of your life. Let me tell you a truth. This, you will never have the opportunity to worship living surrender to God through the pain you're going through right now ever again. You mm -hmm. won't have it. There won't be any pain. There won't be any sorrow. There won't be any trouble. So you have an opportunity to give God the greatest yeah. gift you could ever give him. And yeah. that is to surrender fully through the pain, knowing that one day it will all work out for our good. And that might mean in heaven, but don't stop believing. Don't give up heart. Don't think that he doesn't love you. The truth is he will allow you to go through things so he can be glorified. And your act of worship is to simply say, here's my life and you can do whatever mm. you want. Mm. So good. That's good. Um, I think the last thing I'll just leave everybody with just for um, some maybe application, if you will, as, uh, as we were discussing earlier and Jeff was talking about like the praying continuously, right? Cause that's where like a lot of this, it starts, right? Is it like, let's go beyond just our religious activities, um, go beyond mm. just the schedule, but living with God continuously go beyond, yeah. uh, just going to church service. Those things are a priority. We believe in biblical community. We believe that God has set that up. He's wired us to need that. But uh, something that a guy, his name is Jeff Duncan, he was, uh, he's been a mentor in my life that he uses this phrase, he, he, he talks about lowering the stakes. He's like, lower the stakes, Donald. And so I think that we need to do that sometimes in what that looks like. And uh, Jeff, did, I, that's why I'm bringing it up because Jeff had some examples, but we had so much that I don't want you guys to miss this because a lot of times we feel defeated because like for me and Master's Commission, after masters, like we were used to doing like 30 minutes to an hour of prayer at really it was an, at least an hour of prayer every morning. And then I get out and then I'm like, man, like I can barely do five minutes or I can do 15 or I get distracted or I get busy. And so there's this principle that Jeff was talking about where like in every moment of your life, uh, 
take a moment, you know, take a, like in first and second Samuel, you see it with Saul, but you see it a lot with David as well. Like before they went into battle, they go, you know, Lord, this is what's happening with, with this, with this tribe, with this people, you know, uh, will, will you deliver us? Will you be successful? And he's like, go, yes, you can, you can fight that battle. And so you see that, you see David do a ton. Um, and the Israelites do it where they check base with God really quick you know, as my guess, I don't know how long they waited. And sometimes I might say how long they waited, but they, they have this check base with the Lord and then they, they go do it. And what, what would our life look like if we had that? Um, where, um, and I, I've been the same way too, Jeff, like I've, I've been listening to a lot of sports podcasts and I've been, uh, you know, I like to listen to music, but sometimes the Holy Spirit, like when I'm in the car, he's been kind of convicting me like, okay, let me just be in silence for a second. Let me like, when was the last time I listened to the Lord? Um, when do I pause and just give myself five minutes to just breathe and just read his read read his word for a second or listen to a devotional or and so that would be our challenge is because a lot of times I got into a funk for a while where like my entire prayer time was was absent. And really again, this is this is the start of all of this transformation. It's just time with the Lord. And so our our challenge is not to be um discouraged if you're not able to make it because that's what the enemy will do you miss one prayer time and then it's over you're like i'm a failure oh my god ah! oh, so, you know it's like no like just whatever whatever you can do the lord is always waiting and he always wants to be with you he always wants to spend time with you mm-hmm. he always has a purpose not only f- to do through your life but especially in your life right and and that that's the good news of his love right is it's it's a it's a news of of salvation but it's a news of transformation and so any moment you have just come to him for a moment even at the end of this podcast you might be running to something else or you might be going to this or going to that just take a second just pause for a second like just uh just take any little moment and and take that if you can't do this huge devotion of prayer time in the morning or nighttime just take some moments, you know, and, and spend time with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so good. Cool. Je- Jeff, thank you so much for, uh, yeah, thank you, man, for, for being with us, brother. And we're, we're going to, um, to, to kind of close us out, we're just going to pray for you and the families that are kind of moving for this church plant. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so Lord, we just thank you, God, um, for Jeff and Kelly and their family, Lord, and, uh, the church, uh, the community, uh, more than just a church, Lord, but that the community, the movement of your Holy Spirit that has been designated, that has been assigned to the Austin area, Lord. I just pray um, for the word that you gave him, Lord, for, for healing, for restoration, for preparation, for all of these things, that, that he be obedient to those things, that he, uh, as, as visionaries, God, as dreamers, uh, we can get so ambitious and so excited, but God, that you just, um, you just give him that the word that just comes right now, Lord, is just a pacing Lord, such a healthy pace, God, a, a pace of longevity, a pace of consistency, Lord Jesus, um, a pace that, um, is, is something that, uh, is, is by your grace and by your design, a, a pace that helps Jeff and his team not began to do things by their own work or by their own merit, but a pace that has patience that can only be done by your spirit, Lord. And Lord, I just, I just pray for that, that you would uh, give him favor, that you would give him patience, Lord, that you would uh, open the doors, Lord, that, uh, 
that I, I, I think about <laughs> the Matrix movie and like they're in this like they're in this hallway and they go through this one door and then all of a sudden they're in a different part of the world, Lord, that you can do that, that we could uh, manipulate or, or 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 just try to like work really, really hard uh, to get to this point. But like you could literally open up a door and you could fast forward something three or four years that we couldn't even do ourselves and, yes. um, and Lord, that you would just give him those divine appointments, that he would be mm-hmm. so sensitive to your Holy Spirit that it would never be um, by him, but it'd be by your spirit alone, Jesus. We pray, obviously, for provision and all of the needs for his family and for this uh, church to be able to impact this area, Lord. Um, Austin is a tough area. They think it's the Bible Belt in Texas, but Austin um, has a has a lot of things in it that needs uh, your gospel, Lord. And and we just thank you for it, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. Hey, thanks for watching the Temporal Eternal podcast. Make sure to subscribe below and go to temporaleternal.com to grab some merch.